So hi from me today, and um, hello Charles, it's uh, great to have you here. Thank you, my pleasure. And uh, I'll, I'll be calling you Charles from now on, if you don't mind. My accent is bad enough already, and I don't want to, to create more problems to our audiences, our, our listeners. Right. So uh, just as a, as a brief introduction, uh, Charles uh, has been active in the national healthcare field for, uh, for more than 20 years, and uh, he has focused on bridging the clinical and business domains. Um, he is in charge of standardization IT architecture, uh, coordinating overall uh, GE healthcare products, General Electric's, uh, General Electric's uh, company that, uh, I mean, the, the, the normal, the average person hasn't necessarily connected to healthcare products, but, but uh, nevertheless one of the big, if not the biggest players around. And uh, Charles also uh, was one of the key contributors in the European e-health standards mandate that delivered uh, one of the recommendations to the EC on how to organize effectively the European-wide agreement on e-health interoperability specifications across the 27 European countries. And um, a member of the IHE, the Integrating the Healthcare Enterprise and EPSOS Steering Committee um, in the past. So very rich profile, very um, very big experience both on, on, on business and on state uh, policy side of things uh, in the area. So, um, Charles, um, uh, tell us a few things about, um, uh, first of all, s some, some general idea about the advantages that interoperability and conformity bring to the average person, average person being the, the patient, the, the taxpayer, the, the health buyer, you, you, you name it as you want. Yes, you know, it is one of those things where the average citizen thinks the problem has been solved or should have been solved. But simply, if you go to a hospital for some emergency, you have a visit, they examine you, they treat you, and they send you back home and they say, please, uh, go and see your uh, personal doctor in the next two days. Um, here is a piece of paper with a summary of your visit. Mm -hmm. Oh, you mean you're carrying the summary on a piece of paper and you're bringing that to the physician and the physician reads it and say, hmm, I wish I would have more information, uh, but I know nothing as to what happened in the hospital. I don't have access to their electronic system. Mm -hmm. I cannot see what medication has been given to you, what kind of reaction. Have they run lab tests? The physician has to ask the patient, what have they done to you? And the patient explains to the doctor what another doctor has done. And you think about that and you say, yeah, you know, some patients are really attentive and will understand what happened to them. But for others, this is not their space, their world. They misunderstand what's happening to them. Very unreliable process. Why isn't my doctor having access to my care information mm -hmm. from the mm -hmm. hospital I just visited a few days ago? This does not exist today. And it doesn't exist in Greece, but it doesn't mm -hmm. exist in France either, nor in Germany. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we say that the information in the healthcare system is in silos. Every organization in the healthcare system, be a pharmacy, be a doctor office, be a laboratory, be an imaging center, each have a piece of information and they exchange papers and film between them and try to coordinate care that way. And you reflect on this and you say, hmm, and this is the day of internet, 
exactly. There is yeah. something that we could do today, something we should do. Mm-hmm. And all of this, moving this information, is what eHealth calls interoperability, making those isolated systems interoperable so they can exchange information mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. a secure way, yes. in a practical way, but that allows one doctor to see what another doctor has done and coordinate care. So uh, it's not just a matter uh, then of improving the workflow in, in health services, right? I mean, there's obviously direct impact on, on the transparency, on uh, um, uh, how people, how, how easy it is for people actually to, to uh, access the services and to use the healthcare services. And th- at the end of the day, uh, I understand there is a huge impact in cost. Am I right on that? Absolutely. The patient benefits from getting better, more efficient care, more timely mm-hmm. care. The overall health system is more efficient and saves money. How many laboratory examinations are being redone every day in Greece? Mm -hmm. Because I don't have the access to this information that has been done somewhere else. It also provides population health. It's a way to understand how efficient the health system is. Are there some diseases that are not well treated for which the doctors need more training, for which we need more research? Are there certain medications that are proven more efficient because you analyze what is happening and how quickly people react to the medication? So it's exchanging information serves many purposes, and this is probably one of the reasons why it is so difficult, is because you have to address all of them together, and that's where one of the Mm -hmm. challenges lies. Mm So um, IHE, uh, EPSOS, and now the Antelope Project, all related to interoperability. So what does the Antelope Project bring? What, what, what new does it bring to the table? So when you look at interoperability, it starts with a problem, which is what is the kind of information that is the most crucial to share between which stakeholders? Then you have to select the standards. Then you have to implement the standards. And that's what EPSOS did. EPSOS said... If we would exchange health information between countries, what is the critical information? How are we going to encode it and represent it in a standardized way so that it can be exported and imported across the IT system of multiple countries? And as the process of EPSOS deployed, it became very clear that there was multiple implementations, software applications developed by different countries, different software groups, And they were all developing to the same specification, and they had to talk to each other. To make this happen, we needed to test those for compliance to the agreed standards. And that's what Antilope is worrying about. Antilope is saying, you know, we could test the Greek prescription information system for Greek system in Greece. We could do the same thing in France. We could do the same thing uh, in uh, Romania. We could do something in other countries and so forth. What is going to be the result? Multiple tools, multiple processes, slightly different specification, Mm -hmm. and the inability for vendors to go outside of their country system. My system has been tested to work in Greece, and I can only sell it in Greece. I have no market available to me beyond my own home market. So if you want to create a bigger market, create fluidity, Mm -hmm. create Mm -hmm. more robust things. You know, it's as if we were telling people, sorry, you need a Greek web browser 
to look at, at, uh, at Facebook in Greece because we have our Greek way to do the internet. People mm -hmm. would look at this and say, this is crazy. Why, why are you fragmenting things? This is the same problem. Mm -hmm. So this is what Antilope is trying to do, is to say, we understand that there may be a few things specific. The Greek social security number is looking different than the French one. <laughs> okay, those are specific things. The detail have to be accommodated. But 99% of exchanging a prescription, exchanging a discharge summary from a hospital is exactly the same. So we need a conformity testing process and tools that are at the European level against European level specification that can is, be easily adjusted with the Greek extensions mm -hmm. so that we retest in Greece only the Greek extensions and don't retest everything over and over, over and over, making it expensive, slow, and not responding to, uh, to the citizens' need and the healthcare professional mm -hmm. needs. Mm -hmm. uh, understood, understood. So, I mean, uh, our listeners are, uh, are tech people. Um, so... Uh, I noticed, um, uh, and speaking of, of, uh, of methods, uh, I noticed the um, uh, ways you use to test interoperability, one of the methods that you use to test interoperability with uh, both IHE called the Connectathlon and uh, the equivalent Projectathlon with the Epsos project. So, uh, first of all, can you, for our listeners, can you please briefly explain what those approaches involved? Yes. You know, when you have defined a wonderful specification, it's on paper. The standards are there. You give it to software engineers, and the software engineers develop their code, and they say, I will be compatible. You want to check that they are compatible, and you have a way to do this, which is the collaborative way, the social network way, and that's mm -hmm. what the Connectathon is all about. Aichi says, hey, Why don't you all come in Vienna the second week of April, register your system, register the specification you want to test, and you'll be able to test against as many other implementations as possible across mm -hmm. Europe. That's what the Connectathon is about. A unique opportunity for the software developers to learn, to meet each other, to debate about the specification that could be made a little clearer, that could be improved here. Mm -hmm. And in the end, they leave with their system better interoperable than when they walked into that room. And it's a week long of effort, big return on that investment. However, the people that are putting the money on the table are saying, I would like some kind of a, some kind of a seal, some kind of a proof, something a little more rigorous and attested. And that's what the conformity assessment is and what Antilope is trying to do is to say, Once we've done the social network stuff, let's conclude it with a formal round of tests where everybody goes through the same step, mm -hmm. the same rigor, and we give him a label. That's, and that label, you can then show it to anybody, to any uh, hospitals where you try to sell your system, and they say, yes, we can trust that not only you've learned and you've done the right thing at the Connectathon, but you've been through those specific mm -hmm. tests and that you are 
as interoperable as possible. So it is a staged approach then. And exactly. The, the, it's, it's we like, want to do both. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, interoperability needs a lot of learning. And mm-hmm. I would say this is probably one of my message uh, to Greek software developers who would like to develop health or healthcare application is interoperability is not an easy game. You mm-hmm. have to suffer and you have to interconnect with other sure. systems to know of your errors and help mm-hmm. them remove their errors. Because in the end, your users are not going to be happy if it doesn't work. And they don't care whether it's your problem or the other problem. They want the two applications to work together. So are you going to uh, carry on doing those hackathon style uh, Absolutely. Aichi does it. open to? Uh, open to all. Okay. Absolutely. Aichi mm-hmm. does this every year. The next one is going to be in Luxembourg, mm-hmm. uh, also in April. That's usually the, our season. Uh, and it's an open call. And uh, I can tell you that there are uh, uh, companies from Croatia, companies from Turkey, uh, no company from Greece yet, uh, but we really expect them to join very, very soon. That's why we are so excited about the Sea Health Conference being in Athens uh, this week. So we surely hope that uh, the, the developers, the Greek developers, and not only the Greek developers, actually, that are listening to us right now, will check the, uh, the project website. It's antilope-project.eu, if I'm not Exactly. Sure. And, yeah. and from the Connectathon, they can go to www.ig.net. Mm-hmm. Integrating Healthcare Enterprise, IHE. So, uh, great. Um, I mean, a, a couple of, um, I mean, one last question from, uh, from me, splitting two, actually, which uh, relates to what are the key issues at the moment uh, from your perspective. So, I mean, I, I'm going to put two points on, on the table, but feel free to add anything else that you think is quite important. So one of them is uh, uh, you were recently at, uh, at an event in... Um, uh, in Middle East, uh, in Jeddah, for, uh, uh, which was basically quite related to trying to address the same interoperability problems that we're talking right now here in, uh, in Europe. Uh, so the first part of my question would be in, regarding the key issues. Uh, do you see bridges or walled gardens being built between continents and between ca- countries uh, in terms of uh, uh, going towards a, a common um, interoperability um, approach? And the second part of my question, again, regarding key issues uh, of uh, going to more interoperable uh, health industry. Um, There is clearly um, disruption at the moment in terms of um, uh, the the digital technologies. I'll try to say it in the broader possible sense. I mean, uh, and uh, we see things like uh, the Internet of Things and the wearables and uh, uh, devices that are not necessarily labeled health or e-health or m-health devices uh, replacing or competing with um, existing services and existing products again using the word in the in the broad sense of uh, traditional products of the of the health sector so there are two different again different perspectives of, of key issues and feel free to add your own but i would like to hear your opinion in, in both of those Okay, uh, those are indeed uh, large-scale questions. <laughs> uh, I would say on the first one, uh, there is an increasing number of bridges. And I would say there have been enough national e-health project failure or challenges that those projects have realized that interoperability is not easy and the politicians have understood in most countries now, and it is now the case in Greece, but it is very recent 
that interoperability is politics. It's about policy, it's about strategy, and although you never see the bits moving on the wire, this has tremendous impact on the economy of health and the deployment. So I would say bridges are being built. Are they enough? No. There is always a tendency to look inward because health systems are extremely complex and uh, the tendency of the politician is to fight the home political battles and to sometimes forget that they are living for the dimension of interoperability in a broader world that need to reuse what others are doing. Mm. Don't reinvent, don't reinvent, because this is many pain going forward. So I would say more bridges are needed, but we are making good progress. Let's continue on the progress. On the question of the uh, emergence and the flurry of health apps and health and well-being devices and, and all of this happening, this is actually creating an opportunity where the citizens are going to realize that interoperability is not there yet. Because as soon as they buy two or three bracelets and a a mobile app and do their thing and they visit their doctor and they say, doctor, I have a lot of interesting information. Could you look at this? And the doctor is going to say, no, I don't have time to go Mm. on every possible web app of every possible uh, 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 of my uh, my, uh, patients Uh, I would turn into a geek in doing this. So I want your information from your apps to flow in my system so I can, until this is accomplished, play at home with that, but don't talk to me about it because it's it's making my task even more complex. In other terms, this is a wonderful revolution that I think we all need to embrace, but this is going to create hundreds of thousands of silo of health information. We had thousands of them to deal with. Now we have hundreds of thousands to deal with. So the problem is only growing bigger, and a problem that grows bigger becomes a more visible problem and a problem where the politicians and the strategists have to agree that they need some kind of a governance to drive this in their country. And let's also remember that interoperability never happens only top-down. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. a little bit of down, top-down ordering so that there is a consensus and consistency, but it's the bottom-up need that are going to deploy it and make it actually happen. Mm-hmm. And this is also very hard for our politicians to discover that this is something they need to help, but they will not drive as they are used to drive other uh, area of, the, of their usual political space. So it's, uh, it's, it's clearly not a threat then in, in your opinion. It's more like an opportunity for an end-sided, if you want, economy or an end-sided business opportunity basically for... Yes, uh, uh, absolutely, for absolutely an opportunity, yeah. but mm-hmm. making the challenge, I would say, even mm-hmm. bigger and more urgent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to share information. So, uh, Charles, thank you very much for your time. It is my pleasure. It was a pleasure for us too. Uh, this was Charles Pauiso. And uh, from uh, DE Healthcare, this is George Vulgaris from Tech Talk Central. Uh, follow us at techtalkcentral.com and uh, our Twitter hashtag, which is TTCWeb. Thank you.